with God's help, this is Parshat Bahar. We're looking at Derek Eitzchayim from the Ramhal. So, on page Samach Base in my publication. Okay. Where a person wants to go is where they take him. As it says in the Gemara, Makuk, Daf, Yud, Amad Beit. That Adam Arishon, Adam in the garden, chose to listen to the snake. This was his judgment. That now man would be a slave to the snake. Even though the Chesed Avram said that, fascinating. So the Chesed Avram says in Nahar Zion, in Chesed Avraham, that after Adam did the sin, the snake was wearing the skin that we wear. That the snake was in charge of manifesting into physicality. And when man ate of the tree, he entered into the snake's skin, and the snake lost that skin. So the snake was wearing human skin. So he was kicked out of that human skin. We, as humanity, were kicked out of the garden. We then got dressed up in that human skin, in that physical, in that old garment of physicality. So the snake was booted out of there, and he had to go to an even lower realm. But so I think when you can combine this idea with what the Ramchal is saying, that we now had to take on the snake's yoke. It doesn't mean necessarily that the snake would rule over us so much as we had to take on the hard labor that the snake was in charge of, which is amazing. That now we had to take on his dirty work, his difficult job. Fascinating. So he tricked man, but really he just pulled man down into his, you know, low situation. And then he got kicked into an even lower situation. And I was just thinking over Shabbos that the Gemara says, Oy vey, that Adam lost this snake as an amazing servant. The snake was supposed to be an amazing servant of Adam Arisham. It says the snake, if man had stayed pure and not sinned in the garden, the snake would have been like this amazing servant that man would like send out to find gold and jewels from very far away. So it's clear that these gold and jewels are the holy sparks. And there's this amazing thing also, this pattern of using the Yetzirah, using the evil inclination, using the snake for one's purposes, because we know that by when Moses was in Egypt, he would do this thing where he changed his staff into a snake and back into a staff, which is this image of turning the snake around and using it for one's, to do miracles, to, to rule over nature with the power of Hashem. So the image is that the Yetzahara, the Chesel Avram said in a different place in Nahar Zayin, in the seventh final river of that book, that the Yetzahara is actually, the evil inclination is just an energy that the soul uses to, it's supposed to minister to the soul to bring it into the body. And it's like, why is that? Because also we were discussing that says every time a person grows his evil inclination grows with him like as he gets stronger in his spirituality so 
his evil inclination has to get stronger as well to continue to give him challenges. But based on the way the Festival of Abraham explains it, it's almost another way of saying it is the growth of one's evil inclination, that's the thing that causes one's soul to grow. In other words, what is it that attracts the soul into this world? What does the soul care about this world? It is the evil inclination, fascinatingly. Why? Because the evil inclination, the way it's explained, is this energy that interposes between the soul and the body. But it doesn't just interpose, it also creates the interface by which the soul can enter the body, like this. There's the body, and it's neutral. But inside the body, there's this energy of desire, which is called the evil inclination. It wants to eat, it wants to sleep, it wants to have relations, it wants honor, it wants comfort. This is something, this is an energy. We all feel it. We feel our emotions. We feel our selfish drives. This is an energy that, one, in the one hand, distorts the way that the soul should enter into the body and perfectly just rule over the body like a horse like like a rider rules over the horse the soul being the rider and the body being the horse so on the one hand it, it throws up a block and an obstacle on the other hand it's attracting the soul to the body specifically because of the evil inclination that's in the body because that gives the soul a a a field, a, a, a medium by which to show its power. Like the soul says, hey, I'm interested in that evil inclination because I'm interested in going into it and transforming it and having a challenge of taming the horse, of taming the evil inclination in the body, in the horse, and showing my skills and showing my prowess as somebody who can master this evil inclination. And the more the evil inclination grows, the more it just pulls out deeper and deeper powers within the soul. And in an extremely deep place, Hashem, in the roots of reality, in the metaphysical roots of the world that he set up as its reality, he created a whole timeline of, of evil inclinations for each person somewhere mystically, mysteriously in the fabric of this reality that the unfolding of the evil inclination that the evil inclination would get more and more difficult to deal with or more and more subtle to have to deal with, that itself was like planned in the, the roots and the fabric of a person's reality that he would, by contending with this unfolding evil inclination that was planned to unfold out for him in a certain way, this was actually creating the uh, parameters by which his life would unfold and he would express his soul. And it's like in the world, it's in the food, it's called klipas noga called the klipa the the, the, the klipa snoga it's like in the world itself and just a, a note to self too like this is how we understand when like why does the torah talk about in the beginning like the main focus the headline of the torah is talking about the creation of the world it's to say that the in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and it's brought in the targum that with wisdom god created heavens and earth that the heavens and the earth aren't just some stage, some just, well, we need a space for creation so human beings can do their thing, so here's a world. No, the world is, cre is created and planned with extremely deep wisdom. That's what the Torah is telling us. The whole world is a system set up with wisdom to, to be a, a, 
the arena by which the soul can contend with the evil inclination. It says, God saw everything he made and it was very good. Good is called the, the good inclination and very good, Tov Ma'od, is called the evil inclination. That the wisdom of the setup of creation is to create a space where there would be an evil inclination to test people in their growth. That The world is a system created this way. It's not just some random environment that we find ourselves in. It's a, rather a deeply planned place of challenge that draws out the prowess of the soul. That's what the world is. It's part and parcel. It is itself the living plan of the education of souls manifest in space and time. That's what the world is. It's, it's extremely intimately bound up with each soul's journey. It's an extension of each soul's journey. It's a play out of each soul's journey. That's what time and space are. That's what world and time and space are. So when the Ramchal is saying that now man had to take on the hard yoke of the snake by entering in more deeply, being more entangled in physicality, it really means what Many of us have heard that on the simple level, why did man fall for this and eat the forbidden tree? It was because he thought that he, in order to turn more darkness into light and show him the more prowess of his soul and to be more godly by de- contending with more evil, he would have to enter deeper into physicality. Um, what he failed to realize that this was a mistake in a sense, although everything happens for a reason, that he could have transformed darkness into light in a different way, but... Okay. And now man had a decree that he would have to contend with this physicality and this much more um, rascally evil inclination for the 6,000 years of history. With the sweat of your brow you'll eat bread. That's what Hashem says after he ate of this. This is the most amazing pain and the most difficult pain to the soul that to have to make money, to have to work for a living, to be, to be exiled from the land. In this case, Adam was exiled from his Garden of Eden. The Jewish people were exiled from Israel. The world today, humanity, nobody really owns their land. Governments own land. And because governments own land, they own the basic place where all sustenance comes from the land, so it creates a very difficult, stressful life for everyone in the world, that we have all been exiled from owning the land. In the end of the day, governments own a land. If a person doesn't pay their taxes, they, they can easily get kicked off their land. It's not owned by them. There are things, we own our land, but... You can't do anything on your land. It's, it's really controlled by the government. The United States of America owns all the land. It, it, this is true. This is the truth in the, in the legal system. A wise person, when, he's, when he opens up his eyes to what's going on, when a person realizes that the difficulty of earning a living is forced upon him because the original man in the Garden of Eden failed in his test and listened to the snake when he shouldn't have. 
Hashem, that a person cannot be constantly only learning, constantly only praying, but he has to do something to earn his livelihood. He will sometimes have to walk after the fleeting vicissitudes of this world. And the, you might call it the vanities of this world, but certainly the vicissitudes, the, the constant changes and up and downs. And, oh, you know, you were doing great when you were selling digital cameras and now oh, here comes the iPhone and no one's really buying digital cameras like they used to. I mean, it's, it's, things are constantly in flux and it's, a person's business can be destroyed because a new technology comes out. It's difficult. It's vicissitudes, okay? So a person should say, look, at the end of the day, earning a living, it's, it's part of the curse. It's part of, of the, the most difficult contending with the evil inclination, with the most difficult contending with the pains of this world. So a person should figure out how to get what he needs in a minimal way possible so that he can avoid being so caught in the painfulness of having to earn a living and the stressfulness of it, so that he can create as much time as he can to gain Torah wisdom and to do good deeds and to transform his life force into something holy and pure. He should put an effort, not just to learn and serve Hashem, but to put an effort to create more time to learn and serve Hashem. That's like the biggest effort of all, to be, to be wise and skillful in creating more time to serve Hashem. And every, as much as he can. And it's also brought in many sources, like a person shouldn't be hard on himself. Hashem is determined, like, if you try, you'll be able to, to learn this much. And more than that, you have to. You're going to have to work. And it's up to Hashem ultimately. That man, that God made man dust from the earth. Now, why does it say dust from the earth? It could have just said that God made man from the earth or from the dust. What is dust from the earth? These two things. Now, man is more tied to the idea of the earth, the Adama, the earth, because he's called Adam, coming from Adama, which is the earth rather than the dust part. He's not called afara. He's not called the dust thing. He's called something from the earth. It's not the, the dust is not the focus, rather the earth. That man is attached to this thing called the earth. The secret of that there's an upper land that we've talked about this there's something called the upper land this is the upper place of spiritual potentials just as in the, the physical earth is a place full of potentials of growth and seeds and all sorts of things can come out of the ground all life ultimately is coming out of the ground out of the earth so too there's a spiritual plane there's a spiritual uh, uh, dimension called the upper earth 
which is where reality is flowing from, and especially people. Like as he continues to say, now we're on page Samech Vav. Vazes sod Eretz Asher Lo B'Miskenu Tochal Balechem Vechein Hamotiv Lechem In Aretz Shorem Is Al Ashpal Yoyna Ba'Al Kenikra Adam Eitz Asade. This is why man is called the tree of the field. Kamosh Perishal Pasuk, as the verse says, Ki Adam Eitz Asade. That man is a tree of the field, meaning them is who Mina Aretz Kamo Eitz Vinim Sashachom Rishal Adam Who Afar. That like this that the physicality of a man is dust, right? When you think about particles in the physical world, they're dust. Particles are mostly empty space between them. So everything is really just dust manifest into a shape. There's a soul, there's a light, there's spirituality inside of every physical item. Every physical item is really just dust, particles that between them there's mostly empty space. So it's dust congealing around a spiritual form pushing out the dust to be this or that shape and have this or that life force inside of this collection of dust. And that's called the elements that constitute a person or constitute a pine cone or a tree or a car or anything. But what is the metaphysical ground out of which a human's body is coming out to congeal as a form of dust or any other item for that matter? That's called the upper land, which is, again, we talked about this concept before. This is called the Eretz, the Adama, the land. So if you think about, like, what store, what is the place by which something is holding my body together so that I can continue to manifest in this coordinate in space and time with this, you know, I, I continue to have my hands, my legs, my whole body. And what also is stored, what is the place where my memory is stored, where my brain, my physical brain, which is a collection of dust, can pull this or that memory from my memory bank and I don't forget how to speak English and I don't forget what happened to me and I don't forget something in my learning and I don't forget something, a life lesson that I've learned. So what, what is the, the grounding that grounds those memories, that grounds those skills, that grounds those language skills, those practical skills, and that grounds my body that it should continue to hold together, that grounds this earth and all that is in it, that it should continue to ground together, that the dust should continue to stay pulled together, behaving as it does, this is called the secret of the upper land, the Adama. Such that a man is a tree of this field, a tree of this earth. He is an expression of what's coming from that ground to express out like a tree to, to show all the facets what this ground can produce, what this ground of existence can produce, this grounding. So this ground can produce a man, right? It's, you know, in the, in the tradition of Alan Watts, it says that this universe is something that peoples, right? Human beings are a growth of the universe, that they're a growth to show the, 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 um, what this world can do, what this world is made of. What is this world made of? Well, it's all in the metaphysical ground. It's all in the me metaphysical place of potentials. And people are coming out and all these objects are coming out to show what it's made of, what, what it can produce. Okay. That's why man is called, Adam is called Adama, that he, if we say that the idea of the, the, the spiritual metaphysical earth, the Adama, the upper Adama, the upper land, is the place where it's the metaphysical ground of all existence and it stabilizes all existence, 
And man is named after this thing. So what you say is Adam is the perfect expression of this Adama, that humanity is the fullest expression of this ground of existence. He's the ultimate pinnacle of creation means he's the ultimate expression of what's potential in the ground of existence. That's why he's called Adam from Adama. And the point now that Ramchal is making is that the original evil inclination that a man was going to contend with, he, man was created as a pure being of dust from this, from this earth. It was dust taken from this earth that he could have had an evil inclination that was a very, um, a very fine and and subtle energy that was just enough to create a little bit of resistance to that he would have something to push against in order to serve and grow and develop but it wasn't going to have to be this whole huge you know out of control storm that he would have to contend with and that would just throw him under the bus like it does to humanity today um like when we think about Shabbos, we think about the, the, the holy service on Shabbos. So Shabbos, we don't have to work. We don't have to contend with the struggles and with the stress and with the sweat of this world. But there is still an aspect of the evil inclination in the sense that it's, we're still manifesting in physical reality. So there's still... On Shabbos, it says all the eating is holy. There is no separation of holy eating from unholy eating. It's all just holy eating. There's just a slight... On Shabbos, we get to taste where there's just a slight evil inclination, just enough to pull us in, to the world to grow.